Growth doesn't happen within your comfort zone. It happens when you take a leap. Each episode, we highlight creators, innovators, people just like you who have stepped outside their comfort zone. Welcome to Leap, Stories That Inspire, a Quantum Fiber podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Diani Galligan, and welcome to Leap, Stories That Inspire, a Quantum Fiber podcast. My guest today is Shyler Edwards, and I am delighted to introduce him to all of you. Shyler is the CEO of New Wave Traders, and welcome to Leap, Shyler. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Diani. It's great to have you here. Now, Shyler's here to share his story with us today uh, because he's had quite a journey. And as we talk about on on these discussions, we're here to talk about people's brave leaps and the major turns they've taken in their life that really changed the direction. Shiler is now a successful CEO of a cryptocurrency trading company that has many facets, which we'll get to in just a minute. But that's not quite where you started, Shiler. I'd love for you to share with our listeners where you see your journey starting. All right, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to, uh, to be diving into this. Uh, but when I first started out, um, it was all the way back bread lobster and washing dishes (laughs) so uh, I was I was a dishwasher for seven years Um, actually it's uh, where I started out when I was 16 and all the way up until all the way through college and uh, even after I dropped out of college I just kept washing dishes so that's where everything uh, really started for me Um, and it 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 picked up when you kind of got tired of it and you had enough of that lifestyle (laughs) Because you're not really going places as a dishwasher. <laughs> well, and it is interesting because I get to know both ends of your story. I know um, how creatively you've gotten to the successful position you're at now. And frankly, I'll just give our listeners a hint at what's to come at a rapidly growing pace. Uh, his, your success is, is growing at a rapid pace. But I know that you feel back in those dishwasher days that you were stagnating and it was also causing a lot of stress in your life. Your lifestyle was um, probably sketchy, might be a good description, and that was causing you a lot of stress. Would you share <laughs> a little bit of that story? Yeah, most definitely. So, um, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of hopes and dreams uh, going on back then. I was just kind of doing it day by day as a dishwasher, and I ended up dropping out of college, and I ended up getting panic disorder and panic attacks pretty severely because the living conditions I was in at the time were just really, really ghetto and poor. Um, I was surrounded by black mold and just living in a really dark environment. Um, and things just weren't very good. And so from, from there and getting these panic attacks, I'd literally, I mean, it just got to the point where my body wouldn't even function. I'd have these panic attacks that would send me to the hospital and my blood pressure would get so intense that my hands would literally like extend out. I remember sitting in the hospital one time and my legs stretched out completely stiff. My head felt like a balloon blowing up. My fingers were pulling back. My hands were completely stiff. I couldn't move at all. And I was screaming for help because it just got so bad to that point. And, uh, and that's when I really started learning that like I had to take better care of my body, my health, my mind. I had to, you know, get this to stop because the lifestyle I was living was creating that for me. Um, and so that's where things really started changing around when I started 
when I was literally forced to have to learn about health and about, you know, yoga and meditation and, and getting my mind right, uh, physical activity and everything. That's where like my first, you know, shift or, or leap, so to speak, really kind of uh, took place. And at the time I was still washing dishes and I said, I need to do something more. There's, there's no end to this. And that's where I ended up deciding to move into a cook position um, at Red Lobster where I was working at the time. And the manager there, thankfully, saw my hard work ethic, you know, and just maybe my ambition at the time when it sparked up and uh, offered to kind of work me through all the positions to into a, a manager position eventually. So that was kind of the goal from there. What I think is so commendable about you recognizing that turning point is not just that your thought was, oh, I need to get a new job. I, I need to get a different job. You took a very holistic approach. You changed how you ate. You started working out. You started meditating. I know you sought mentors and people who could help you. And you took a really, to use an overused word, but you took a very holistic approach to changing your life. It didn't just have to do with what you did for a living. It also had to do with how you lived. You, you embraced change in every aspect of your life. And that is something people rarely do, I think. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I'm honestly, I look back now and I'm surprised at how long I did what I did for <laughs> before making that decision. Because it's like, <laughs> I, I was taking a shower in a kiddie pool with a hula hoop with a shower curtain hung around it for a year and a half. Like, who does that? Like, what? <laughs> Kind of, kind of living environment is that. It's just crazy to think about. Um, it just shows we you all, were creative, we Shiler. You're a very creative <laughs> human being. <laughs> you know, I didn't have a shower. I had to figure out how to make a shower. It, it worked. It, it got me clean, right? So, but yeah, interesting looking back at it, especially as you change as an individual, which there's a lot of that in order to kind of grow into where I am today. There is definitely a lot of changing that needed to take place. So let's go back to this manager who you talk about made such a big difference in your career. And I think it's a good reminder to all of us that not only can we take brave leaps, but we can help others take brave leaps. And this manager took you under her wing and saw your potential and helped you change your trajectory. Can you talk a little bit about the impact she made? Yeah. So uh, her name was Hillary, and uh, I'm always grateful thinking back on those days and uh, all the training that she gave me and really giving me a chance um, to, to prove myself and work my way up. And, and that's what she did. I actually started out as a dishwasher there um, at Red Lobster. And so, you know, I, I told her, I said, can I get over into a cook position a little bit? Um, and she said, yeah, she saw how hard I was working. I was literally out of the dish pit in three months and onto cooking. And she saw just how hard I was working. And she, um, she would put me through prep every single position. And then on top of that, we would get these meetings once a week um, where we'd sit down out in a booth for, I don't know, hour, hour and a half. Um, and she would actually give me like leadership training. We'd have books that we would read together. Um, and yeah, she then like I was I was one of two people kind of going through this program. Um, but she spent a lot of time in regards to just giving me leadership books to read. We would actually get together and recap on them, go over them. And when I got into the assistant manager position, it only took, let's see, it was a, it took two years to get into an actual manager job, um, all the way from being a dishwasher. Uh, and so by going through this training and when I got into assistant, uh, they were called pros, but basically assistant manager. And 
when you got there, uh, you had the option to go into like manager of a of a region. So you got to pick like the restaurant that you could go to or whatnot. And I remember putting together uh, a presentation, like a business portfolio kind of thing to show what I wanted to do with the company or whatnot. And that actually, when I sat down with the director of the region to like present that, so nerve wracking, but to present that, um, it, it literally just leapfrogged me over everybody. And she even said that she said, you just came to the top of my list. And so the next position that opened and all because I just put together a presentation and, and showed her like, this is what I can do for the company. This is what I want to do. Um, and I, I came up with like an entire color coded KDS system for the kitchen that I presented to her too, to have better organization, and everything. So, I mean, I, I definitely put some work into it and it impressed her. It leapfrogged me up to the top of the list. And the next position that was opened, I was able to go get a manager position. I moved down to Boise, Idaho. Um, and I was the culinary manager there, the youngest one at Red Lobster, actually at 26, 24, 24. Um, and I did that for about a year and a half, two years. That's amazing. When you look at the investment that you put into that, all the time to read the books and spend the extra time, but also the investment that your manager put into you, um, she must be pretty, pretty proud at this point because she, I'm sure, has seen where you've gone. But that was a that was a significant investment on both of your parts. And I love that you took the little extra mile to put together the presentation. I bet you stood out with all the other candidates. <laughs> Again, you invested and took the time to put in the extra mile, which I think goes back to you could just see things from a broader perspective. So you did become right. a manager. And I know that yeah. was a, a big upgrade in your lifestyle at that point, wasn't it? No more shower curtain and kiddie pool. Yeah, I got to actually move into like an actual house and uh, <laughs> things. I didn't have any savings before, but finally, as a manager, uh, I was able to start to accrue a savings account. And I even went and bought myself a brand new vehicle at the time as well, which I'd never owned a brand new vehicle in my entire life. They were always broken down $2,000 or cheaper. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was huge. And, you know, looking back, like, Hillary was a total mentor for me. Like she trained me, worked with me, right? And then by being around her, I got to meet other like-minded individuals as well. So I got to hang out with other pros that were getting trained and I got to meet the regional directors and managers and build closer relationships with them. So having that connection too created other connections, which I wouldn't have had the opportunity to go down, say to Boise or have these options um, without her. So it definitely was a nece necessary thing. Thank you to Hillary for being an inspiration for all of us who could mentor and make a difference for others. Way to go. Um, but you did not remain. I mean, you so you got the manager position. That was a great move for you. But that is not where you are now. So that leads us towards another turning point in your life. You made a choice to go a different direction eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, that one was that was definitely a scary decision there. Um, <laughs> so here I am. I, I, I'm a restaurant manager down in Boise, Idaho now. And I'm there for about a year and a half. And I get a girlfriend that gets me introduced into this network marketing company. It's a financial one. I start joining into that. And they just have like a really great atmosphere of just like be your own boss, you know, uh, take that leap. Uh, and so I was completely, you know, just influenced by that. It was a lot of positivity, a lot of positive people, a lot of hustle grind uh, going on. And 
So I ended up uh, about a year and a half into being a restaurant manager, which I mean, you're doing 60 hour plus weeks. Like it's, you know, it's pretty nonstop. Um, it's seven days a week. I mean, I'd get called in to bring in groceries sometimes if we were short something because I'm the culinary manager. So, you know, if you're, that's just how it went down. So it was pretty, um, pretty hectic work in that sense. And I would literally just spend my evenings. Uh, I, I would either go work out, come back and just work towards like business stuff. So it really inspired me to like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? Like, where am I going? Uh, and what is a restaurant manager have for me? Like if I want to move into a general manager position, I could do that, but I'd be capped at about anywhere from about 75 to maybe a hundred K. Um, and so I really, it came down to where I, I could just map out my entire life when I had a salary. Like I could say, if I put, if I make this much each week and I put away this much, like this is how fast I can actually make it somewhere. And this is how much money I'm going to be stuck with. Like I'll never be able to get above general manager. And I saw I was working 60 hour weeks. She was working a lot, a lot more than that as a general. So uh, for me, I was just like, I got to figure out something else. Like, how do I scale my income? How do I, you know, create something that is more exponential? Could see where that journey ended. And that wasn't necessarily the ending you wanted. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Like I mapped it out, my retirement, everything. And uh, it, it just wasn't what I wanted. And so I had to figure out how do I get to where I do want to go? Um, and so once I really started kind of putting some critical thought into that, that's where it kind of played a little bit more of a role because they talked about vehicles. They said, what's the vehicle that's going to get you to where you want to be? Um, and so for them, that was obviously, yeah, but it didn't ultimately end up being what I wanted for it. Um, but I am very thankful because when I was in there, you meet a lot of people. It's network marketing. So it developed a little bit more of a social skill, um, got me out of my shell a little bit too, to where like, you know, you got to get out there, present yourself, get up on stage, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so with that being said, um, I ended up meeting a guy that was into cryptocurrency. And he said, hey, have you heard of Ethereum? I said, no, what is that? And he's like, you got to get on this. It'll make you a millionaire. And I said, hey, that sounds like a pretty good vehicle. Um, <laughs> but he's very wealthy in this whole crypto thing. And it's 2017. So I immediately go take a look at it. I pull up on my phone, start doing a bunch of research, figure out how to buy this thing. And I, I connect my card to be able to purchase it at the time. And by the time I even had my bank account like connected to it, it had already doubled in price. I watched it go from $8 to $16. I was like, dang, I could have doubled my money just now. Like this is, I got to get in on this. And so I started getting even more excited. And then by the time my account actually connected, it was 16 bucks. I was like, I could have doubled my money again. What is this? Like, and so, you know, not knowing much more than that about it, um, and him, he explained it to me, it's internet 2.0. That's basically what I knew about it. And so I just took a risk taking some advice from somebody that was more successful than myself. So again, in a sense, another mentor. And, uh, and he actually helped me a lot more along that path afterwards as well. And I ended up buying Ethereum at 16 bucks. And I put, you know, 400 bucks into it. And then I watched it double again. It went to 32 bucks and I ended up throwing another 400 and something bucks into a total of 886. I'll always remember that number. And from there, uh, in a period of seven months, it turned into 30 grand and I was completely obsessed. I wasn't only in Ethereum at that point. I'd literally gotten so obsessed. I was like learning about everything and every project and throwing my money over here and over here. But, uh, I never invested more than 886 bucks. 
And it just showed me that was an exponential vehicle. Like this is, this is remarkable. This is life-changing. And in that seven month period, that's when I really ended up saying, okay, like I could go full time with this. I, I could, I could be trading this. I was learning all about trading and everything too, and, and doing really well with it. And so I ended up making that decision where I said, I'm going to quit Red Lobster, my culinary position, and I'm going to move into full time in crypto. Which is big because that means you lose benefits and you walk away from essentially a path you'd invested a lot of years in at that point. Quantum Fiber isn't your average internet. This is online meetings while online shopping internet. PJ's still on, so video stays off internet. It's movie night debating and then movie night watching in four different rooms internet. The kind of internet that's fast enough for whatever your family can throw at it. Meet Quantum Fiber, an all-new, all-fiber internet that's built for the world of you. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It um, and it, it kind of it, it kind of bit me in the ass at first uh, because it you don't have that steady income coming in anymore, um, and. Because of that, I became like very um, conscious of what I was spending money on. So I wouldn't spend anything. I kept everything tight. Um, I, you know, and I just focused on let's just grow this nest egg. Let's just get really good at this. Um, and if you know anything about the markets, there's ups and downs. So it definitely wasn't perfect. I had my learning curves to it. Definitely lost big chunks of money. Had to make it back up. So there were. A, a good portion of you know months where I was just so obsessed with just having to learn. I would fall asleep with the laptop on my chest. Um, I would be in the other room. I would literally stay up. I'd wake up to alarms going off for trades, trying to manage them with my eyes half open, um, just way overworking myself. In, and is that, that because, do you think that's because you walked away from the security of a steady paycheck and a known schedule and basically because you had put yourself out there without a safety net, you were unable to let yourself relax almost. You just, it, it created an intensity because of the risk. Yeah, I definitely think that would play a big part into it. Another was I was obsessed with it. There were so many opportunities there too that to like make money that you would see literally thousands of dollars of opportunity just pass you by if you weren't on top of it because there were so many. It was just blowing up. Um, and so in, in 2018, uh, so at this point I'm like full-time in crypto. Well, 2018 to 2020, basically what February, 2020, that was all a bear market. So it price only went down. So I had to learn most of my wealth creation during that period was actually in a bear market. When it's going down, I had to learn how to trade and short into the market. So I, you know, that was a, that was a big changing like mind shift as well, because here I am used to just investing and finding good projects fundamentally. So from like a, a foundation standpoint, are they good? Do they have a good team, et cetera, good tech behind them? And I would just invest into that to having to become a trader on a more technical standpoint that used the leverage to short the market. So it was a big shift in that sense too, but definitely the security had a lot to do with it, right? You know, you got a house to, to pay for and everything like that and a girlfriend to take out and, you know, attend to as well and just responsibilities, so. You didn't want to be back in the kiddie pool with a shower curtain. <laughs> Absolutely not. You tasted it, this lifestyle. You wanted to keep it. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, that will keep you driven. Uh, when, you, when you look back, I mean, 
And, and that was another part of the, like taking that leap too. I asked myself, I said, what's the worst case scenario? Like what's the biggest downside to this? If I just quit my job and I go try and do this full time. And the reality was, is that I failed at it and I would go back to a job. Like that job's always gonna be there. I can always go say, I was a culinary manager for two years. Can I be a culinary manager over here? Wendy's or Pizza Hut or, you know, like it's always going to be there. So that was the biggest downside to it. And the reality was the amount of money that I'd initially invested into it was small in comparison. Like I didn't have any, you know what I mean? And I knew what it was like not having any money anyways. So. Well, I like that because you, you looked at your worst case scenario. What's the worst case scenario? And it was a worst case scenario you could live with. And I think that is, I think that's something a lot of people don't take time to look at. They don't take the time to look at that when they're stressed or worried about a situation. What's the worst case scenario? And can I live with it? But I I also want to give you another um, piece of recognition because this is a big leap you took. And we're about to talk about your next one. But it's also looking back that just a few years earlier, you'd been struggling with panic attacks so bad that they had you in the ER. And yet you'd gotten yourself to a point where you're like, all right, I'll jump off this cliff. I can do this. Like I can, I can, let's go see if I fly. I mean, that also is a mark of how far you would come from that moment in the ER where your arms were stuck straight out and you couldn't move them. I mean, it's just, I don't know if you give yourself enough credit, but I think it's pretty amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, it, it's, my brain's always going hundred miles an hour. So sometimes when we slow down and we kind of recognize where we've come from and what we've done and what it's taken to get here, you definitely have a lot more appreciation for it than just being stuck on the next thing to do and where you're trying to go. So I, I appreciate you kind of slowing me down too to be able to acknowledge that <laughs> because it, it has, it's come a far way, come a long way. You have, you have. Well, what's interesting though is that's not the end of your journey. So I have a great uh, quote written down from you, which is you had spent 2018 through 2020 learning all this stuff, figuring out how to survive in a bear market, figuring out this new lifestyle with cryptocurrency. But you were also working in your living room by yourself and it got kind of lonely. And uh, you also realized that maybe that wasn't an end point either. And um, you looked back to some of what you'd learned in your network marketing days about budgeting and marketing and, and thinking through education and monetizing education and some of those skills you'd picked up on your journey and you came up with a new idea that would it really yeah. leverages everything that you have done for the last decade and everything you've learned. So talk about what you decided to do next. Yeah. So, so at this point, you're right. It, when you're in your home, uh, just trading on a laptop stuck there, you know, just being obsessed for 10, 12, 14, 16 hours, you know, um, it, it definitely gets a little bit unfulfilling um, and purposeful and it gets lonely. Uh, Which, by so, the way, the whole rest of the world was about to learn in 2020 how that felt sitting in their homes um, all by themselves on their computers. But you were a little bit ahead of the game. <laughs> it, it's I've definitely been lucky in that sense. It wasn't really planned. I didn't definitely look forward and project the coronavirus, any of that stuff um, and, and getting people inside their homes. So it's played in my favor being in an online business, which is where I ended up taking the trading side of things, too, because I was trading by myself. I was getting gains. Uh, and, you know, you're involved in the community. 
but there's just not a lot of purpose behind it. Like once you've kind of hit like a, a level of success where you're doing really good financially and you feel a lot more security and comfort, uh, it, it kind of turned a point like, what do I want to do? Like what makes me feel good and feel like I have purpose, uh, you know, with living uh, and, and makes me feel good. And so that really came down to helping others learn about this crypto stuff and how I trade it because I'd found a way to create success with it. And my learning journey with it, obviously, just like with most people that end up starting businesses, they see a problem that they want to fix. And so for me, that was given my experience with learning and the struggles I went through, I said, you know what, I would really love to like solve this problem because I see it, it everywhere. Um, and just the experience in regards to like, there's a lot of people out there teaching stuff that they're not super good at, um, or they're not very good teachers, maybe they get really good results, but they're not great teachers. And so that was like a skill that I developed over that period of time too. And so I ended up creating the New Wave Traders, which is really teaching people how to day trade the crypto markets and, uh, and become independent traders. And so, and that's where I ended up taking this. And it really took me by surprise as well, because with, with 2020 and COVID, everybody moving to their houses, everybody came online. And then in 2020, right after COVID, we had a massive bull run that took off too. So in 2019 is when I actually started the business up. And I'd been running like a little community before that for free. And then so then I decided to monetize it and actually put together like a program and get really good at teaching it to people to get them results. And so that's where I've taken it now. And the growth from that um, has just really surprised me. Like the first year and it, it was, it was all right. I, I came from making $40,000 in the restaurant industry and ended up getting you know substantial growth from the trading side of things but then starting up the business side of it which i thought i was gonna have to dump a bunch of money into it ended up actually doubling that instead and that was extremely cool to see like whoa okay like you know you again something else that creates exponential growth like if you can find a lot of these vehicles that's that's some pretty sweet stuff right there uh, so uh, exponential growth vehicles those are the vehicles we want um, and so I started, uh, building up the business and spending more time on it. And it gave me a lot more purpose. I felt really good helping people. And so I got a little bit more obsessed and driven with that as well. Seeing other people win and get results. That's a pretty cool thing. And so, and you kind of feel, you know, you get a more leadership role, which makes you feel more significant too. You're not, you know, you might still be in your living room <laughs> by yourself, but you've got people that you're actually like talking to and, you know, they're listening and they're getting results and it feels cool. So it, it was well around, it worked out good. And the second year going into 2020, um, we ended up taking that and quadrupling that income now um, from even the first year. So again, exponential growth on that aspect. So I'd really fallen in love with what I'd found was because one, I love business. I love all the faucets of business that keep me occupied and stimulated. Um, and I love seeing people get results uh, and, and having the challenge of doing that better than anybody else. Yeah, it goes back to your phrase of being purpose-driven. It had to be about more than just making money. That was fun for a while, but at some point in time, that 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 wears a little thin. I, I love that your purpose became, how do you help other people? How do you build that community? Well, thank you. Yeah, and uh, and I've, in, I've influenced others, too, to go out and start YouTube groups and uh, and help people teach the same system as well. So that's cool to see like them go do it for themselves and uh, and get results. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at now with the whole leap side of things. But it definitely was, you know, going from manager to going into trading crypto. That was by far probably my biggest leap. 
and then from from that actually deciding to start up a business because there's just so many faucets to it that it can be a, a bit overwhelming especially when you know absolutely nothing of you know, of like how to get in and do that stuff so so it was all self-taught um and self-taught with mentors because i couldn't have done it without having uh, and this was big just following a bunch of the gurus uh, and and successful business people out there because the way they think the way that their outlooks and beliefs and perspectives on things is really what shifts things like if i didn't join primerica and get surrounded by those people that just thought differently and challenged yourself to find a vehicle that took you somewhere different i would have the same outlook and i'd be influenced by say my manager at red lobster that i was working alongside which you know they were driven to be at red lobster until they retired that was their mindset they were almost there so you know train up Shiler to take over my spot have him be a lifer um that's what i would have been influenced by and we're heavily influenced i think by those those types of people around us so we got to find that other group that other community that's going to challenge us a little bit differently mm-hmm. and i also think it's interesting because you described yourself to me as an introvert and a lot of these um choices you've made forced you out of an introvert type of position you basically had to go out and seek people to teach you and guide you but that wasn't probably always comfortable no not at all i actually um i working with some people i i had one person that was really shy to get on youtube and so i went and i pulled up my very first youtube video and i sent it to her and i said i was so introverted i I was a day trader in my bedroom okay like i didn't want to put myself online or put my face out there and basically i started up youtube and i wouldn't show my face i would just talk behind a screen i said okay so i'm getting there i'm getting this down a little bit just putting these videos but eventually i needed to put my face out there to kind of make some more of a relationship connection and so i challenged myself but in order to do that i would actually have a few drinks to kind of take the edge off and then i'd get the liquid courage to go online and do a video and my very first video of me showing my face and doing that, I got two comments. The first comment was, save the doobie till the end of the video, bro. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was, a, that was a rough first facial video there. So, um, but you know what? I just kept after that. After that you know, I, I didn't have the, uh, the alcohol uh, thereafter. But <laughs> Well, and that probably I, I helped the woman you still. sent it to when you were like, look, if I can get through this as my first video, you can do it too. <laughs> it, that, that was my intention. I was like, look, we, we all start off at rough places. <laughs> the, you just got to do it. Like action, it, like peaks perfection, in my opinion. That's kind of a saying that I go with. Um, just get it done, get it out there, um, and, and just keep one foot in front of the next. Cause otherwise we can get stuck in our heads and just procrastinate and prevent ourselves from doing what we really need to do. Um, so, you know, I weigh the downside. What's the worst. Somebody's going to say, look at this down syndrome kid in a comment, you know, like what's the worst thing that's going to happen for me putting my face out there. Um, and can I handle that? What am I going to do about it? Um, and honestly, I was not expecting that comment. That's why I remember that comment. So like any other negative comments i don't even remember them that was my first one though so i remember it (laughs) well it's interesting because that leads uh to the next uh question i was going to ask you and i i love the way you just phrased that weigh the downside see what's the worst that could happen and figure out if you can handle it because if you can then the risk is probably just fine to take which i think is a great measure I also know that um as you said you have a bias for action you got to keep putting one foot in front of the other but I had asked you at one point in time, what's another piece of advice 
that you would give people. And you talked about seeking an uncomfortable investment. Make sure you Mm. seek things that are uncomfortable. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about seeking an uncomfortable investment. Yeah. So this one was one that was more of a personal experience uh, with me rather than maybe like something I'd heard and and agreed with. But it, it came down to the fact that I was buying courses or mentorship um and there were some that i just wouldn't ever open i'd never i'd never even open them i mean to this day i bought a 2000 program one time and i just never even opened it up um and the reality was for that is because once i bought more expensive programs there's a certain level where we're comfortable it's like you know it's comfortable to spend 200 dollars on a program it's comfortable to spend two thousand dollars depending on what your income is um and Ideally, for me at least, and this might relate with a lot of people too, is that when I seeked uncomfortable investments, when I was like, ooh, do I really want to spend 10 grand on that? That's a, that's a good chunk of change there. When I would do it, I'd be held a lot more accountable. And because of that accountability, I would get better results with it. I'd actually go through the program and I would actually do every single lesson and do the assignments and I would get results from it. And so from there, it, it, that was when I kind of reflected back on it. That was a big thing for me. I said, you know what? I from here on out, I want to seek uncomfortable investments. If somebody is, you know, charging something where I'm, it's just a few hundred bucks, and I, I'm not really going to care about it, then it, I'm probably not going to finish it. And I just need to know that about myself. Um, and I, a lot of that too comes from like the whole journey in general. There's so much self development that's going on, and having to reflect on like. You know, what are my beliefs? How did I come across these beliefs? What are some unconscious thoughts that I'm not aware of? What are unconscious habits that I'm doing? Um, and when we take a moment to kind of just reflect on things, you know, like you slowed me down, right? And a little bit of appreciation kind of reflected on that. Uh, we can make better decisions and become more aware of things as well. That's good advice. Now, I would ask you, what other advice do you have for our listeners? You have all these people listening to your story. Is there any other piece of advice you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, most of the listeners are looking to take a a leap of faith at something that they want to do. Maybe that's uh, uh, overcoming a fear or starting a business. And I would say that there's so much information out there in in the world right now that where you put your attention really matters because we can get spread thin trying to learn a bunch of different things. And the reality is, and this is what I found with trading too, because in trading, there's so much information. I literally call it the trading hamster wheel because there's so much information that you can just get sucked up learning, but never executing or never getting results with it. And for me, it really came down to just finding one system that works that you master. Like you've got to master it. If you think about any successful person that's out there, they're not a master of, they're not a, a, a gym of all trades. You know, they, they don't do it all. They have figured out one thing that they're really great at doing and they've mastered and put their attention towards that. Um, and I would say that when it comes to, you know, business, since these are the kind of the things in trading, since it's what I'm in, um, following just one person to figure that out. I followed a lot of different gurus and they have a lot of different ways of getting to the same place. And the reality is, is that there's a thousand different ways to go make a million dollars or to build a business. Um, and none of them are necessarily, quote unquote, the right way. They all work. It's just that you need to get good at working that one system. So that would be like 
I say my top advice is like focus your energy and attention on mastering one thing that's going to move the needle the most and get you to where you want to go. That's great advice. Thank you very much. Now, if our listeners want to find out more about you and New Wave Traders, where would they do that? Yeah, so my main website is masterelliotwave.com. You can also find me on YouTube as New Wave Traders. So, Shiler, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. I have truly enjoyed learning your story, and I know our listeners have as well. And I'm grateful that you invested this time with us. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It means a lot. So for our listeners, you can find all of Shiler's information in the show notes. And if you have a story that inspires that you would like to share, we would love to hear from you. We are always looking for stories that inspire. So please look for information about how you can share your story in the show notes. And you will also find all of Shiler's information in the show notes. So until the next podcast where we will hear more stories that inspire, thank you for being with us today. Thank you.